0: Visit ADHDessentials.com for more details. What's up, team? Just a quick reminder, in November, I'm all over the place. On November 1st, I'll be doing a live webinar for Attitude, talking about how teachers and parents can help lonely teenagers who are dealing with peer rejection rehabilitate their reputations and make more friends. November 7th, I'm part of the Putting Mama First virtual summit. I will be talking about why setting boundaries is part of self-care and how to set those boundaries. Also on November 7th, I'm part of the See Beyond ADHD Summit. This one is more of a free-ranging interview where I talk about all sorts of things, including the foundations of ADHD management, why we should give ourselves more credit, and how to navigate working from home while also helping your kids navigate school. On November 17th, I will be at the International Conference on ADHD in Texas, sharing a workshop for ADHD professionals on how to be a good podcast guest. And then on the 18th, I'll still be at the conference where I will be hosting a panel of ADHD influencers, including Jessica McCabe, Renee Brooks, John Hazelwood, and Danny Donovan. And just for the sake of overdoing things a little bit, I'm also on a panel at PAX Unplugged, the board gaming conference, in Philadelphia on December 3rd, where I will be talking about the relationships between ADHD and Dungeons and Dragons. Links for each of those will be in the show notes. And if you're looking to go to the ADHD conference, either virtually or in person, use my link for a 15% discount. It's the only way to get those discounted tickets. And of course, don't forget to check out the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network, ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers, The Flagship Show, Hacking Your ADHD with Will Kerb, and ADHD Diversified with MJ. Finally, if you want to support this show, a great way to do so is by providing a rating and review in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast player of choice. It really helps to raise the profile of the show. Today, it's just me. Because something has been coming up a fair amount with my clients and the parent groups and these various summits that I've been a part of. And I want to just kind of play with it as a concept. There's a game that I like to play sometimes, kind of especially when things are going rough, where I try to count the green lights. The way I play it is I get on a long stretch of road that is relatively straight and has a bunch of traffic lights. And I try to count the green lights. It's harder than you might think because green lights don't cause us to stop. So we just drive through them and we may or may not notice. What typically happens is I hit a red light and I stop. And then I go, oh man, how many green lights did I just go through? And I kind of count backwards in my head as best I can. I play this game because it's a metaphor for life in a lot of ways. And it's a metaphor for parenting. It's a metaphor for relationships. Because it's really easy to notice the red lights. It's easy to notice the things that get in our way. The things that cause us to stop. The things that are disruptive. It's less easy to notice the stuff that goes smoothly because it doesn't get in our way. But if all we do is notice the red lights, we end up being frustrated and bitter. So it's worth the effort to pay attention to the green lights. It's worth it to pay attention to the things that are going well, or the things that just aren't going badly. Sometimes it's easy to notice the stuff that's really good, but there's a lot of stuff that happens in the day that's just normal and isn't problematic, but we don't necessarily count it amongst the things that are good, and we really should. Applying this to parenting, let's say your kid has started dropping the F-bomb. They've discovered swears. And over the course of the week, they've been dropping maybe 10 F-bombs a day, and it's just getting overwhelming, and you're frustrated, and you're sick of it, and you just don't want them to do it anymore. And you've had this conversation with them around how they need to not swear, and it's unacceptable, but they're still doing it. It could be that they're not swearing 10 times a day anymore. Maybe they're only swearing five times. It could be that they're swearing half as much as they were, but we don't necessarily notice that. Because we have this confirmation bias where we're going, they're still swearing, even though it's half as much. That's where we have to tune into our kid and start to go, all right, well, before my kid would have sworn in this setting or in this situation, and this time they didn't, I should be aware of the fact that they didn't. I should pay attention to the fact that they're not swearing. That's not necessarily an easy thing to do, to notice that green light. That the kid didn't swear. It's easier to notice the red light when they do. But if we can figure out how to notice these things that are going well, or at least are not going poorly when they might otherwise be going poorly, we can have a better relationship with the people in our lives who might be having challenges like swearing or doing other things that are disruptive or inconveniencing. And it can help us calm down a little bit it can also help us give those other people some credit, whether it's our kid, a spouse, someone we work with. If we can start to notice when they don't do the thing that we've asked them not to do, when they inhibit that response, we can give them credit for having inhibited that response, which is going to reinforce this better behavior. And we can ask them, Hey, what strategy were you using to avoid doing the thing that you've been doing that is not so great? Dropping the F-bomb in the case of the story that I'm using here. What have you been doing to avoid swearing? And then that person can tell us what that strategy is. Maybe we have another strategy to share with them. Or maybe it's a strategy that's not so great and we want to help them find a better one. Maybe your kid didn't drop the F-bomb because they bit their tongue instead. And we're like, uh, maybe don't bite your tongue. What if you squeeze your hands in a fist instead? Or think... The swear instead of saying the swear or something, right? It's tricky to ask someone about the things they're doing to help them avoid doing something that we don't like because it can feel like a trap, especially if it's a kid, they can feel like we're setting them up. But we should still have that conversation. We should still try to broach those questions so we can support them in doing the things that we do want them to do and avoiding the things that are not so great. I hope you found this episode interesting. I hope you found it useful. It's something we talk about in the parent groups fairly often. It comes up most of the time when I run them. Of course, we go into more depth in the parent groups because I have specific examples and we're talking about real-world situations with kids, but I thought the concept at least might be useful. And with that, have a good rest of your day. Hey, you're still here. Nice. Thanks for staying focused all the way through. If you have any thoughts or questions about today's episode, feel free to email me at brendan at And don't forget to check out the website, ADHDessentials.com. And visit our Facebook community. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week. In the meantime, keep focusing on improvement over perfection. 10% better is all you need.